So just two weeks ago, Ethiopia's president, Abiy Ahmed, and Eritrea's president, Isaias Afwerki, signed a peace and friendship agreement, bringing an end to their 20-year Cold War. What turned the tables was the decision by Ethiopia's newly minted prime minister to accept a peace agreement that both countries had signed 18 years earlier. Almost immediately, phone lines were restored and flights resumed between the two countries, serving to renew contact between families and friends long separated by the troubled border. Geostrategically, the agreement offers Ethiopia critical access to the Eritrean port of Asab, access it had lost following Eritrea's secession from Ethiopia two decades ago. Located at the southern mouth of the Red Sea, it's a vital international trade transit point. Economically, for Eritrea, the revitalization of this port will bring in much-needed revenue. There's been a great and understandable rejoicing on both sides of the border and across the extensive Eritrean diaspora. But many Eritreans remain cautious. They still live in a country with no constitution, a repressive security apparatus, a brutal labor conscript system, and thousands of political prisoners. Dawit Damoz is an Eritrean refugee advocate. He joins us by phone from Toronto. Dawit, welcome to Amandla. Hello, thanks for having me. So let's start with this. What, uh, what do you think were the key factors that led to the signing of the peace and friendship agreement between Eritrea and Ethiopia? Well, there are many factors, but um, I think the main factors, I think, um, um, are the... Um, before, you know, the Ethiopian, new Ethiopian prime minister arrived, uh, you know, came to power, there has been... Um, um, public pressure uh, from the Oromo and Amhara uh, region, which was, um, um, you know, uh, even though they're the, the, the like the uh, majority mm-hmm. in terms of population, in terms of power, they were really a minority for the last uh, um, 18 years. And the pressure from the young people by the Amhara and Oromo young people brought this new prime minister, and the new prime minister um, seems really, really open to everything. And um, one of the reasons um, that... So he's changing. He's making an internal political reform in Ethiopia. And at the same time, he's also um, trying to have uh, a good relationship with uh, Ethiopia's neighboring countries. And Eritrea is one of the closest neighbors of Ethiopia. Uh, And the call... Uh, was made by the Ethiopian Prime Minister. And on Eritrea's side, no one really expected uh, these um, fast uh, things to be the way they are now. Uh, but surprisingly, after two weeks of um, silence by the Eritrean government, uh, the situation uh, is dramatically now changed. And as you were saying, uh, telephone service, flights and embassies and, and other things are happening now. Um, so... On the Eritrean side, we don't really know exactly what uh, brought to this uh, drastic change because there is no any transparency. Uh, the public has no voice on, on the change that's made, on the promises that's uh, made by both governments. Uh, the ports of Eritrea are now open to Ethiopia. Uh, as you said, uh, there is a direct flight from Addis Ababa to Asmara and Asmara and Addis Ababa, but so far... We haven't seen Eritreans really leaving uh, Eritrea and going directly uh, to Ethiopia. So um, on Eritrea side, 
we don't really know because there is no transparency. Uh, people are not um, updated and there is no any public uh, dialogue on this issue. Uh, and there is no any internal change within Eritrea. There is, mm-hmm. Things are the same the way they were. Well, we're, we will definitely explore that in a moment. It's, you know, there's a, there's a whole Eritrean side to this story among the civilian population that's very important. But before we move to that, um, could you comment a little bit on the role of the international community in this? I mean, I'm, I've read that the United Arab Emirates was very involved in the background of this, the United States. Um, there are a number of players that clearly have uh, a stake in the future of this region economically, strategically that have played an important role. Do you want to speak to how the larger international community has affected, participated in affecting this change? Um, so again, because of the lack of transparency um, on all these uh, international factors or players, um, we've been hearing that um, uh, the Eritrean government lists uh, one of the ports for uh, the Arab Emirates um, and Eritrean government is involving uh, with the uh, coalition that Saudi Arabia is leading on the conflict in Yemen. Um, so political analysis are saying that, yes, uh, Saudi Arabia, uh, the Arab Emirates and, and the United States um, were behind uh, this peace uh, uh, deal. But um, since there is no any... Um, open uh, dialogue since there is no uh, information, transparent information for the Eritrean people. Uh, it's just um, people of, you know, political analysis, analysis are uh, commenting and, and, and saying uh, these things. And, and recently, a couple of days ago, uh, the Ethiopian prime minister and Eritrean prime minister were awarded by the uh, United Arab Emirates the highest uh, award in the country. And so signs are showing us that, yes, these countries are behind this um, uh, agreement, but I wouldn't say international community. And we don't know about the United States. There was a comment uh, by um, the uh, U.S. ambassador to Ethiopia uh, about this, and he hinted that uh, the United States was behind this, but... Uh, we don't know exactly uh, what's going on uh, um, and who is really involving uh, behind this. Uh, but the Eritrean and Ethiopian people are really uh, happy about the move that was uh, made by Ethiopia, regardless if anyone is behind it or not. Okay, well, let's let's take a look at that, because as you rightly pointed out, you know, immediately there was air flights restored between the two countries and, you know, champagne and roses on board and truly a festive environment as uh, Ethiopians flew um, to Eritrea. But then true enough for the return flights, the, the plane was much less full. And so there's, there's an issue, there's an imbalance here, because the reality is that Eritreans are still living under uh, a very harsh regime. Um, some people would argue that that regime became harsh 
after Eritrea seceded from Ethiopia because of the border war, because of a very difficult political situation. So even if that's true, do you think now that relations have eased between the two countries? Can you anticipate that uh, President Afwerki might start easing the political situation in your country? Uh, so that's a great question. That's that's the question that I think no one has an answer. But um, my um, my opinion on this is that uh, to begin with, uh, the issue between Eritrea and Ethiopia, uh, the war uh, broke up broke out in, in 1998, and the reason that you know the Eritrean government. Uh, um, Claimed was the border war, but it wasn't really a border. Uh, it was it was more complicated than that. It was a competition between two uh, leaders of Eritrea and Ethiopia. But even if the border was the issue, uh, now no one is talking really about the border. Uh, yes, Ethiopia said uh, they fully accept uh, the Algiers uh, peace treaty and they're uh, willing to uh, do everything, but. If that was the reason that Eritreans were under absolute oppression for the last 18, 19 years, that Eritrea has indefinite military conscription, that the entire country is militarized, if that was the reason because there was a threat from uh, Ethiopia, now, okay, Ethiopia said, you know, they accept everything, and um, for the last three, four weeks, we haven't seen, even after... Uh, uh, the, uh, you know, both presidents uh, or both leaders visited each country. And after that, Ethiopia didn't start uh, to uh, solve uh, the issue with Eritrea. Ethiopia started to solve its internal problem. Uh, political prisoners were released. Many political prisoners who have been in the diaspora for many years are now in the country. Uh, the prime minister released many many. Um, uh, medias that were banned by the, by the government. The state emergency is now lifted. And you can see that it's really a transformation within the Ethiopia. But on Eritrea's side, there is no any change. There is no sign of change. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, rumors said there were few uh, 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 Ethiopians, who, oh, sorry, Eritreans released from prison that were detained because of their um, religious um, uh, experiences or practices, and it turns out that it's not true. Uh, uh, people are saying now no one is released from prison. The indefinite military conscription is still on board. It's the 32nd round uh, will be uh, going to the army on August 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was no information about if they will be released after 18 months or if it will be forever. Um, so I'm happy that at least the Eritrean government does not have any excuse mm-hmm. uh, to you know, lie to the Eritrean people anymore about the threats that might come uh, from Ethiopia. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the Eritrean people are worried that uh, peace and and uh, uh, democracy is not uh, good for the regime because it's a regime that has um, detained more than 10,000 political prisoners, a regime that uh, calls for uh, hundreds of thousands of Eritreans to leave the country, uh, that 
people are slaves in the army, including myself. I was in the army for 18 months. And for the last six months after the basic military training, what I did for six months was I was a slave of my commandos. I was working at agricultural fields of my commandos for six months. It was not to better Eritrea, I was better myself, but it was to line my commander's pocket. Mm-hmm. So since there is no sign of development and improvement and political reform within Eritrea, um, it's, it's, nothing has changed for Eritreans. Um, it's, it's very scary even that um, uh, some rumors are saying that the Eritrean government is working to, um, you know, unite uh, Eritrea, to unify Eritrea with Ethiopia again. Mm. Uh, um, and now Ethiopians are coming to Eritrea. Uh, business um, uh, uh, people had uh, a conference in, 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 in Asmara, and uh, they have, they've been to uh, Masawa, one of the ports on Red Sea, and uh, the Eritrean government has opened its door for this um, uh, business people, but what about Eritreans? Uh, because Eritreans were not encouraged to uh, do uh, 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 business within Eritrea, and they left the country, and they are in the neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. Is it open for them to come back to Eritrea and to compete with the Ethiopians? Is, are they free to go to Ethiopia and do business in Ethiopia? Um, there is no any transparent uh, dialogue. There is no transparent information. Mm-hmm. The public is not having a part in any of this this thing, and um, Eritreans in diaspora are calling now that uh, a peace without uh, the involvement of the Eritrean people, but uh, only uh, with uh, a one-man party yeah. uh, involvement, is not good for both countries, and it might not it might not last it might not last long. Mm-hmm. I read that uh, Eritrean refugees uh, who've sought asylum in Ethiopia are actually quite fearful now because their worry is that what the open border actually represents will be the ability of representatives or, uh, I guess, agents of the um, Eritrean regime being able to come in and track down political dissidents. Exactly. So one of the reasons that most Eritreans are in Ethiopia and I mean, Eritrean refugees are in Ethiopia and not in Sudan, is because the Eritrean government and the Eritrean security forces were infiltrating to Sudan and kidnapping kidnapping back uh, Eritrean refugees from refugee camps in Sudan. And if this situation um, is continuing the way it is now without any uh, reform within Eritrea, but opening the border and allowing Ethiopians to freely move, it's a risk for Eritreans, of course. Um, I talked to one of my relatives at one of the refugee camps today, uh, and he was telling me that uh, unaccompanied minors uh, below 13 years old are now encouraged to go back to, uh, to Eritrea. Mm. And um, so the UNHCR representatives told to refugees that nothing has changed. If you don't want to go back, no one is going to force you to go back. But is it going to be secure for them? Is it safe for them if the border is open, if security forces and intelligence uh, people can come and kidnap back people? Uh, how is it going to be safe? Like, who's going to protect them? You want to is going to protect them? It's just very scary. And that's what the diaspora Eritreans is calling now, uh, that um, it's, it's, it's not safe for Eritrean refugees uh, in Ethiopia today.
I want to I want to ask you a question that's more on a kind of geopolitical level. And I, you know, I don't know how easy or even possible it is to answer this question. But you know, when we look at countries like Nigeria, for instance, we often talk about the resource curse that oil is, you know, has become um, a source of oppression and disenfranchisement for Nigerians, as opposed to a source of wealth and empowerment and and enjoyment of life and livelihood. To what extent do you think that perhaps um, the port, Asab, could be a curse for Eritrea in the sense that there's now a new prime minister in Ethiopia who's very liberal. He wants to privatize state agencies. He's pretty much declared that Ethiopia is open for business. And part of that would absolutely requires access to the port and Assab would be the, the best port. So some people have argued that this political, this rapid political change is really about having access to um, a, a very strategic Port. Um, it's where oil goes through. Uh, Ethiopia is in the middle of exploring its own oil resources. You know, do you worry that uh, for Eritrea, in fact, that having controlling this port, yes, it'll be a source of revenue, but could it also um, become a difficult road for Eritrea in terms of it being able to decide its own fate? That's a really good point. Uh, and, and even though the Ethiopian prime minister is very liberal and very um, passionate about bringing uh, peace and reconciliation within the Eritrean, within the Ethiopian uh, society, uh, one of the reasons that I was uh, really, really uh, surprised is that in their peace agreement, in their uh, you know negotiations that they had, uh, they the Eritrean refugee issue was never mentioned, Mm -hmm. even though 100,000 Eritreans live in refugee camps in Ethiopia. Um, And and, uh, the prime minister was in Eritrea, and the issue of human rights, the issue of um, political prisoners, the issue of religious freedom was never an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was even surprised that there is no single Ethiopian independent journalist who could ask the Eritrean president or the Eritrean delegation when they first arrived to ask them about this issue. And so denying uh, or ignoring all these issues of Eritrea and trying to uh, have, um, um, you know, uh, this peace deal with a one mind, uh, one-minded party in Eritrea, uh, it's really scary. Yeah, uh, I think... Uh, what the Prime Minister and what Ethiopians are looking forward is to have an access for the port. Uh, but like I said before, for Eritreans in diaspora, it's more than that. Uh, what Eritreans are fearing now is that um, the Eritrean, um, um, you know, Eritrea as a state, uh, is it going to continue as independent state? Is this dictatorial regime in Eritrea going to sell Eritrea to Ethiopia again? Are we going to be uh, under federation or confederation, or are you going to be unified with Ethiopia again? People are worried about this development. Um, And if Ethiopians were really open, uh, when the Ethiopian prime minister visited uh, Eritrea, um, even though the Tigray region, the province that's on the um, northern part of uh, uh, Ethiopia, 
um, you know, uh, that's the, the, this Tigray region is our closest ally. It's our closest neighbor. Uh, but there was no uh, a representative from that mm-hmm. province when the prime minister visited Eritrea. And uh, is it, um, you know, is the Eritrean uh, regime trying to prove himself that uh, he had a problem with the TPLF, with the Tigrayan uh, People's Liberation Front, and then with the, not with the Ethiopian regime. Uh, is it a competition? Is it is it trying to? Um, uh, so there was this uh, uh, phrase that the Eritrean president gave: "Game over," and people are yeah. talking about like, what does this mean? Who is whose game is over? The Tigray uh, Liberation Front who. Um, monopolized uh, the uh, Ethiopian politics for the last 18 years. And, um, yeah, Eritreans are really worried about this um, um, move without involving the Eritrean people. And uh, Ethiopia is very silent and quiet about um, any uh, human rights issue of Eritrea. Um, And, yes, it it could be uh, this pulse could be a curse for us, uh, uh, for the Eritrean people. Uh, as far as there is, you know, no uh, political reform within Eritrea. It's very bittersweet, isn't it? It's a joyous moment in terms of a move towards uh, a more peaceful situation, but it seems very fraught. That's what exactly the Eritrean people inside Eritrea are feeling now. It was happy and everyone was surprised and everyone was looking forward to hear the Eritrean president uh, to announce some kind of change, some kind of reform. And weeks have been uh, passed and there is nothing um, um, said by the Eritrean regime. And it's, it is what it is that the Eritrean people, uh, we as diaspora, uh, who uh, have been calling for the uh, democratic reform in Eritrea, uh, I think what the diaspora Eritreans are now saying is that we are happy about what's happening. We want peace with our neighbor Ethiopia. We're ethnically and culturally connected with Ethiopia, um, but the change has to come within Eritrea first. And Eritreans are trying to focus now uh, on the human rights issue and on the uh, democratic reform issue within Eritrea first. And of course, uh, uh, Eritrea cannot uh, stay independent. Uh, or uh, develop it without uh, having uh, connection and economic and political uh, partnership with its neighbors. And uh, therefore, Eritreans are now in a very uh, mixed feeling, like I said. On one side, it's good to have this excuse, uh, to not have this excuse by the Eritrean government anymore, because Ethiopia is not a threat anymore. Uh, But on on the other side, uh, there should be, uh, internal reform as well. Political prisoners have to be released. Yeah. The constitution from 1997 that's on hold has to be uh, implemented. Uh, national, uh, the indefinite national service has to be for limited time, uh, as it was supposed to be from the beginning for 18 months. Um, and, um, and Eritreans should have a freedom to do whatever they want with their lives. Yeah. Dawit Demos, thank you so much for joining us here on Amandla. This is definitely something that we will keep our eye on. And perhaps uh, as the situation evolves, we can talk to you again down the road. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Good night.